History is really his story. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what Jesus has been doing from creation all up to now and what he's going to do in the future. Too many people just understand bits and pieces of the Bible. We have this verse and that verse, and that's all well and good, but God wants us to put them in to the big picture to understand his, what he is doing in the world. And in order to understand the second coming of Jesus, we have to understand what's happened in history because, because the second coming is going to complete God's plan for history. The last Sunday I introduced the four major uh, supernatural events of history. Sometimes I call them the seven seas of history. We're going to look at them again in the light of Jesus coming again so we understand what God is going to do at the return of Jesus Christ. The first one is creation. God created Adam and Eve. He put them in the Garden of Eden. He put them in paradise. It was a wonderful place. A place in which Adam and Eve could have uninhibited relationship with God. The Bible says they walked, they talked with God. There was no sin. Everything was beautiful. But then came corruption because an enemy, the serpent, had infiltrated paradise. His name was Satan and he enticed that first couple. He enticed Adam and Eve to sin. And they ate of the fruit of that forbidden tree. And that broke their relationship with God. And they were cast out of the garden. They were cast out of paradise. And the entrance to paradise was guarded by an angel with a flaming sword so they could not ever go back in. But God had not given up on his original plan. God's original plan was to have a wonderful relationship with man in a beautiful paradise without sin. The sin of Adam and Eve spread among all their descendants until the earth was filled with corrupt and violent sinners. And God brought judgment on all of mankind in a worldwide flood. And everyone was swept away except righteous Noah and his family who were preserved in the ark. God gave Noah and his family a fresh start. However, the descendants of Noah went their own prideful way. They attempted to build a tower to reach to heaven, the Tower of Babel. And God brought judgment again on the people's pride, and he scattered the people as each one was made to speak a different language. And they separated into different people groups and nations as God confused their languages. And finally, Christ, God sent his only son, Jesus. The Bible calls him the second or the last Adam. See, the first Adam was the first man that was created. Now Jesus was the second or last Adam to accomplish what the first Adam failed to do. And Jesus accomplished that on the cross where he did not yield the temptation during his whole life as the first Adam did, but he lived a perfect life and he died on the cross and took our sins upon himself that we might be forgiven. He rose from the dead. He defeated Satan he set God's plan into motion for the last days. And the last days are designed by God to bring God's plan for mankind to completion. During these last days, believers are added to God's kingdom as they believe in Jesus Christ. They become part of his family, but we do not yet see paradise restored, do we? Last time I looked, I'm not living in paradise. 
We have some glimpses of paradise, don't we? We have some of the first fruits of paradise, of the kingdom of God in our lives and in our families, but we do not yet see paradise restored. Satan and sin are still very much active in our world today. But that's going to change at the consummation when Jesus returns again. When Jesus comes the second time from heaven, he doesn't, he's not going to come as a baby as he came the first time. He's going to come as a conquering king. He's going to bring judgment on all evil, on sin, on Satan, on every unbeliever. He's going to separate out, take out of his kingdom all unbelievers, all things evil, and cast them into the lake of fire to be there with Satan and his fallen angels forever and ever. And believers will receive resurrection bodies. They'll live in a new heavens and new earth forever with the Lord. And in those new heavens and new earth, there's not going to be any more sin. There's not going to be any more pain. There's not going to be any more suffering. There's not going to be any more death. Paradise will finally be restored. And we will enjoy paradise with Jesus and the rest of believers forever. That's what eternal life is all about. And so our understanding of this coming future event that is going to happen impacts or should impact how we live today. Let's look at Philippians 3, 18 to 20. The verses are written out on a white page in the middle of your bulletin as well as some study questions. It says, For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in these verses, we see two types of people. And all of mankind can be put into one of two classes of people, enemies of the cross and citizens of heaven. The enemies of the cross, people who have not believed in Jesus, have a destiny of destruction and hell forever. Their God is their own pleasures. They boast about the sin they should be ashamed of. We see that every day in our newspapers, and all they think about is things of this earth. They're not aware of spiritual reality at all. Followers of Jesus Christ are the exact opposite. They understand that first and foremost, they are citizens of heaven. Yes, we live in the United States of America here, and we love our country, but first and foremost, we are citizens of heaven. Our minds are set on heavenly things. And as citizens of heaven, what are we longing for? The Bible says we're longing for the return of Jesus Christ because he's going to set everything right. We can be with him forever in paradise restored, the new heavens and the new earth. And so today we're going to look at some of the teaching of Jesus himself regarding his second coming in John chapter 14. The first thing God wants us to know is we shouldn't be troubled. We should trust in God. Jesus says in verse 1 of John 14, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And in verse 27, at the end of this passage, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. 
And so Jesus begins his teaching on the second coming by telling his disciples not to be troubled, not to be afraid. Now, why would the disciples' hearts be troubled? Well, they would be tempted to be troubled because Jesus had told them he's going to die and he's going to leave them. He's going to go into heaven. And they were, what are we going to do now? And so they would be tempted to be troubled, but Jesus says, don't be troubled. They'd be tempted to be troubled because the events that Jesus prophesied for the last days were fearful. And yet, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Now notice Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. It seems to me there's a troubler of hearts that comes from outside of us. And who might that be? But the enemy wants to trouble our hearts. That's where worry comes from. That's where fear comes from. That's where anxiety comes from. And Jesus says, don't let him trouble your hearts. Now, how can we resist the troubler? By trusting in God. When we trust in God, when we trust in Jesus, our hearts aren't troubled. Because we know he's in control and he holds our lives in his hand. And he extends to us, Jesus extends to us his peace. We can receive His peace. His peace can drive out trouble. His peace can drive out worry of whatever kind as we trust in Him. Now, why was Jesus going to leave the disciples? Why did He ascend back into heaven? Verse 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house, well, he's, Jesus is preparing heaven for us. He says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And so when Jesus ascended back into heaven after his resurrection, 40 days after he rose from the dead, he had work to do. Last Sunday, we talked about how he poured out the Holy Spirit on all believers. In this verse, Jesus is talking about something else he's doing after he ascends into heaven. He's talking about heaven as his father's house. He says, my father's house has many rooms. It's, it's not a small place. It has room for Everyone who believes. Each believer has a dwelling place in heaven. In the Father's house. And if you're a believer here today, then Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for you to live with Him forever. I prefer the translation dwelling place rather than room. I don't think it's just a little tiny cubicle that Jesus has prepared for us. It's a it's a beautiful place. It's part of this paradise restored in the new heavens and new earth. A place where there is no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow. A place of endless joy. A place of worship. A place of relationship with God. The Bible says we will see Him face to face. Just as Adam and Eve walked and talked with God in the garden, so we will walk and talk with God forever. How do we get to this heavenly paradise? Well, Jesus is going to come again to take us. He says in verse 3, Jesus says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And so here is the big answer why Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back to take all believers to be with him, to spend eternity with him. That's why he's coming back. He will take 
those who are alive at his return and those who have died as believers in the past. We're going to talk more about that in another message. But the big picture is Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. He wants us to be with him forever. Now, in the last days, the Bible tells us that many evil, many diabolical things will happen and they will increase in intensity. But as believers, as we put our trust in God, we refuse to let our hearts be troubled. And why can we trust in God and have His peace? Is because we know the end of the story. We know how everything is going to work out. We're going to be taken to be with Jesus forever and He's built a place for us to spend eternity with Him in this paradise restored, the new heavens and earth. And so knowing the end of the story gives us strength. That gives us peace persevere in following Jesus in this life. And so we need to get ready for Jesus coming. Jesus said in verse 4 of John 14, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Thomas didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about and Many people today don't understand what Jesus is talking about. In order to get ready for the coming of Christ, we need to be sure that we have a relationship with God. If we're not ready when Jesus comes, it's going to be too late. If you're not ready when it's your time to die, it's going to be too late. You're going to miss heaven. You're going to miss this relationship with God that's meant to last forever. You're going to end up in a place that no one wants to go. A place called hell. And so when you understand the way to heaven through a relationship of Jesus Christ, we must tell others that Jesus is the only way. In answer to Thomas's question, Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus answers Thomas's question, how do I get to heaven? How do I get to this place that you're going to? The way to heaven is to have a relationship with God. The way to heaven is not doing good things. The way to heaven is not learning some things. It's, it's knowing a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Knowing Him personally, the very Son of God. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He didn't say, I am a way. He is the only way to come to the Father. He's the only way to have eternal life in Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And when we know the way to heaven, then we need to tell others about the way to heaven. It's the most important thing in life. Helping people to know Jesus. Verse 7, Jesus says, If you really knew me, then you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. When you really get to know Jesus, then you get to know God the Father because they are one and the same. They are both God. And how do we get to know Jesus? He's ascended to heaven. We can't see him anymore. We can't hear his voice speaking to us with our, with our natural ears. We get to know Jesus from the word of God. Reading about the things he said. Allowing him to speak through his word. We get to know Jesus through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God 
The Holy Spirit is really the Spirit of Jesus who He sent to us that we might get to know Him. And so getting ready for Jesus coming involves building a relationship with Jesus and telling others about Him. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen in an instant. And everyone's going to be shocked. Nobody's going to be expecting Him. And He's going to come. One of the most important marks of a wise person, of a mature believer, is that they think about how to prioritize their lives. A foolish person just lives for the moment. A foolish person just wants to have fun. They don't think about the future. They don't think about eternity. And the fool ends up with destruction. But a wise believer, he thinks about heaven. He thinks about eternity. A wise believer thinks about Jesus coming. You know, today you might look at the very last verses of the Bible in the book of Revelation. I didn't have them up here, but Jesus promises to come again. The second to the last verse in the Bible. And John responds and says, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. It's the answer. He's the answer to all the problems in the world today. And when we live our lives, by keeping heaven in mind, by keeping the second coming of Christ in mind, then our priorities are right. We're not living for the moment. We're living for eternity. A wise believer is not afraid to tell others that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Because that's the most important thing for anybody you care about to know. A wise believer prioritizes their life in light of eternity. Is what I'm doing today going to contribute and going to last for eternity? Or is it just going to be gone? Jesus is coming back. It could be today. Are you ready? Are your friends ready? We need to believe and follow Jesus as God in this life. Jesus said in verse 11, Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Jesus instructs us to believe that He and the Father are one. He is in the Father and the Father is in Him. The things that Jesus said and the miracles He did attest to His divinity that He was different. No other religion teaches that Jesus is God. They're not all the same despite what you might have read in the newspaper, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, the New Age, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, they teach Jesus was a good man, maybe even a prophet, but none of them considers him to be God. If Jesus was not God, there's no salvation. There's, he's not the way to God, but Jesus was and is God. And we must believe and follow him as the very Son of God. And as we follow him, we are to do what he did. Jesus said in verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And so if you believe in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you will do what he did. And what did Jesus do? He spoke the truth of God's word to people. Without fear, without embarrassment, without shame. He healed the sick. He set people free. 
from the bondage from bondage to the enemy. And when Jesus went to the Father, what did he do? We talked about this last Sunday. He poured out the Holy Spirit to every believer who asked for him. And that Holy Spirit gives us the power to be Jesus' witness and to do the things that Jesus did. Now Jesus says that he will do even greater things than these. What are greater things? I believe it's speaking there of greater in quantity. I mean, what is greater than raising the dead? I don't know. Uh, and so Jesus is speaking of, he was limited in a certain sense by his physical body. He could only be in one place at one time. And now today, there are believers across the face of this planet. Millions of believers empowered by the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus Christ. And we must do the things that he did. In order to do that, we do that by praying in his name. Verse 13, Jesus says, And I will do whatever you asked in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And so how are we going to do what Jesus did? Through believing prayer. And Jesus says that he will do what we ask in his name. Now to ask in Jesus' name doesn't mean just tag a phrase at the end of your prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But oftentimes, myself included, we mindlessly tack that on because that's what we always do. It's just kind of a rut. And so it's not just adding those words. To pray and ask in Jesus' name is to ask for the things that Jesus himself would ask for. You're asking for the things that would please Jesus. See, too often we ask for things that are going to please us. And sometimes those prayers aren't answered because... They're not things that are going to please Jesus. We ask for the things that please Jesus, what we believe Jesus himself would ask. And when we truly ask in Jesus' name, if we ask for something that Jesus wants, then guess what? He's going to answer those prayers without fail. They're going to be answered. And that brings glory to the Father. And so that's what it means to believe and follow Jesus in the last days. Now, we, we really can't complete this section on following Jesus without reminding ourselves of what was said, and we went over this passage about a month ago, so we're not going to go into it, but verse 26, Jesus says, The Counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, who lives in us, who teaches us what to do as we follow Jesus Christ. And so let's think about the big picture again as we close. Jesus came to this earth as a baby. He grew up. He didn't begin his ministry till he was 30 years old. He spent three years in ministry, and he changed the course of history. Three years. He died on the cross, was resurrected, ascended back to heaven. He completed his work on earth, the work that he was to do in a human body, and then the period of the last days commenced. And in these last days, it is the church of Jesus Christ, which the Bible calls the body of Christ, which consists of all true believers that carry on the exact same ministry that Jesus did through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so instead of just having a couple hands now, Jesus has millions of hands, millions of feet in every country on this planet doing the things that he did.
through the power of the Holy Spirit. The church today, the true church of Jesus Christ, teaches the Word of God. It brings healing to, to the sick. It brings freedom to those who are under Satan's power. As we see people saved, brought into the kingdom of God. And Jesus is working through his church. Jesus is empowering believers through his spirit to do his work. And when will the last days end? They will end when Jesus returns, when he comes back. But what determines when Jesus comes back? Well, when God's family of believers is complete. When the last person that God wants to be saved is saved, Jesus is going to come back. The Bible tells us that's the only reason He's not coming back. He's giving people time to repent. He's giving people time to come into the kingdom to believe in Him. And when the last person that God is destined to be part of the kingdom believes in Jesus, Jesus is going to return. He's going to return the age of grace will be over, judgment will begin, and believers will be taken to live with God forever and ever. Jesus is coming back. It's certain. It's going to happen. History as we know it is going to, be, is going to end. But Jesus says to us today, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I'm giving you my peace. I'm preparing a dwelling place for you in heaven. A place where we can be together forever and ever. Jesus will come back and take his church to be with him. But until that happens in these last days, we need to be alert. We need to be ready. We need to be thinking about eternity. The importance of telling everyone we know about Jesus Christ. In these last days, God desires every believer to do what Jesus did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray in Jesus' name and expect God to do what we ask. Believe God to, to help you to be part of winning souls for Him. One day, paradise will be restored and we will live with God, live with Jesus and the Holy Spirit face to face forever and ever. And so we eagerly await the return of Christ and we say, come Lord Jesus. And so a believer is somebody who's given their lives to Jesus Christ, who's committed their lives to Jesus Christ. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads right now. And if you're here today and you're not sure if Jesus would come back today that you would go to be with Him forever, I'd like to encourage you to pray with me. Say something like this, Father, today... I admit that I've sinned. I've, I've done wrong things. I haven't been following your plan for my life. I haven't been living life in light of heaven and your second coming. But I believe that you died, Jesus, to forgive my sins. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit myself to living for you, to living for eternity all my days. In Jesus' name. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus is coming back again. And we eagerly await his return because we know he's going to set everything straight. God, I pray that every person here would not be troubled, would not be afraid, would not worry about what's going on in this world or what may happen in the future. Help us to put our trust in you because you have everything in control. 
our hope is in Jesus. And we believe He's preparing a place for us in heaven. And today we receive His peace into our lives. Help us to be ready for Your coming, Lord Jesus. Help it not to be just something we think about once or twice a year, but help it to be at the forefront of our minds so that we can prioritize our lives to accomplish what is going to last forever. Help us to lead others to Jesus, who is the only way to God. Teach us to carry on the ministry of Jesus, to do the, the things that Jesus did, to speak your word, to pray for the sick, to set the oppressed free. Use each of us in these ways, God. Thank you for the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us and who instructs us and guides us and gives us the power to obey you. God, we pray that you'd use Life Church to reach many more people for Jesus in this area as each of us lives in light of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.